Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was way back in 1943. So I'd say this is a no-brainer. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ladies and gentlemen, a good evening and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. Pardon the last couple weeks of hiatus. Back now, excited to go full-fledged as the season is now just seven days away. Zach Weiss here, as always. Across the Cavs brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. Shout out DraftKings, Dan Galinsky, Justin Matcham joining me. You already know it's going to be fun. Guys, welcome aboard once again. Thanks for having us on, Zach. It's been a little while. Um, what better day to record? We didn't even know we were going to have this. Ed Davis, what a day. What a day. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, just has Cavs fans jumping for joy. <laughs> Ed Davis played with Ricky Rubio in Minnesota last year. Ed Davis played with Jared Allen in Brooklyn three years ago. And the only significance to me, guys, of this signing – truly is that it means that we're not getting Ben Simmons because Ed Davis was part of, was team Dudley in the uh, Sixers Nets beef a couple of years ago. Right. Cause he was on the Nets. You can't, you can't team them up now. So I think we can finally stop thinking and just enjoy sex land. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, gosh, I was, me and Dan were talking about this on Twitter earlier today. This is what the Cavaliers let Isaiah Hartenstein go for. Um, <laughs> I understand parting with Kevin Gailey. I thought that that was kind of overdue. Um, we the all kind of knew that was coming. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, like I understand wanting to bring in a veteran on a team without very many veterans. Um, Ed Davis by all accounts is like a fantastic ladder, you know, locker room guy, a fantastic veteran leader. Um, which is something that a guy like Hartenstein, I guess, wouldn't bring, but seeing, Hartenstein on a camp deal in Los Angeles and seeing him play well, exactly like, you know, anybody who watched the Cavs the second half of last season knew he could, you know, as far as a passing big who would probably play well with the other passing bigs that, you know, the Cavs are throwing out there right now. Um, kind of disappointing to, you know, look back and say, we let Isaiah Hartenstein go when we could have signed him for less than what a lot, including him probably originally thought his market value was, um, and now we have Ed. We do have Ed. Overall, you know, I'm I'm okay with this. I mean, Hartenstein wasn't going to get much playing time if he was brought back. I think the whole point of Davis and the reason that 
I think now, and we'll talk about him in a second, why Taco probably not get a normal contract. I think you need injury insurance. The Cavs had none of it last year. That's a huge part of why the quick start uh, just as fast turned into a bit of an early season free fall. I think that Ed Davis is a guy you don't want to have to play more than 10 to 15 minutes in any given game, but let's say Mobley's out or something happens to Markkinen or Allen needs a rest day. Ed Davis has been there. He's done that. He's played every role in his career, starting big to begin in Toronto, played a great role in Memphis. And then what he learned from grit and grind in Toronto, I think he brought with him to future stops, whether it was with the Lakers, with a very young team or with Utah, or he was basically just a mentor and a third string big. He barely played last season. And when he did, there was just not much to show for. But I just think, Dan, that Ed Davis is a solid mentor. And I think that what the Cavs are trying to do now, and maybe they didn't in the past of sans LeBron teams, because it's really a LeBron or no LeBron thing with the Cavs until we get good enough to win without him again. I think it's you just want guys that have had some kind of winning that can preach. I think that's what Rubio brings. And I think that's what Ed Davis brings. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really thinking there's much on the floor. Uh, I, I echo basically your sentiment, though. Um, there's reportedly been, I guess, an exemplary teammate where in all the places he's been. Um, this will be what is it, eighth team? Yep. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see if he sticks around for how long. Um, I, I would imagine at least some chunk of the season, um, just from a, as you alluded to, mentorship standpoint. Uh, I, yeah, it's kind of a guy that I guess in the second leg of back-to-backs you can kind of have for, um, as, as you touched on for insurance purposes, uh, I, I guess, um, even though he's on the thinner side, he's still, still a solid screener. I mean, I give him that, um, but on the floor, I, I, to me, this is like a Channing Fry role thing. Like this is like a like one of our writers, um, <laughs> Justin Brownlow said, so he's going to be taking TikTok videos. Like, I, I don't, I, I'm with Justin on this one. Like, you could have had heart for this instead. Yep. Essentially, I, I'm not, I mean, no disrespect to Ed Davis. No um, disrespect. But this one, I, 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 like, why? Like, just let, just let Taco have a spot at this point. Well, I really, I, I'm not really thrilled with it. I that, that takes us to the, the Taco point. I, I think that the Cavs have one of two choices as far as this, because they still have both two-way spots now available after getting rid of Broderick. I think that a name to consider, and then maybe they won't, is Freddie Gillespie, Toronto just got rid of. His per 36 minutes, yeah. he averaged uh, about two blocks. He played in 20 games overall. He had 42 offensive rebounds in 20 games. He blocked 20 shots. I thought he was high energy. I think that he's still young. He, just like Broderick Thomas, who I am glad is gone, but just like Broderick, he began below D1. He was a D3 player at Carleton College, transferred to Baylor, high energy guy. I think the Cavs should consider not both, but one of Taco or uh, Gillespie for that two-way deal. What are your thoughts, Justin? Uh before I get into that, just a couple quick wrap-up thoughts on Ed Davis. I just want to mention, too, that his contract is not guaranteed yeah. uh, just in case, you know, things do go south. Um, Danny, you kind of mentioned that. But, you know, if he were to get injured or if things just, for whatever reason, don't work out, they can cut ties with him and not have to pay him the full salary of his contract. So 
that is something yeah. that's worth mentioning. Um, and, you know, just kind of looking at him in general, at least the Cavs didn't give up a second round pick for him like Minnesota did. But, um, yeah. True. but looking True. at the taco fall situation, I don't, I don't know. People have seen taco play a couple of times now, and it's the same exact thing that happened in Boston as to where everyone falls in love with them. If Taco were to win one of the two two-way spots, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But there couldn't have actually been people out there who thought that Taco Fall was actually going to get a roster spot on this team. Never. And I think that it's pretty clear that, I mean, I, I understand that Ed Davis is not going to provide much of anything on the floor. But there is at least some value in having, you know, a, a heavily experienced adult in the room. Uh, which Taco is not either. Um, you know, if the Cavaliers really decide that they need to invest in another big man who has a very, very limited ceiling, um, go for it. I don't agree with it. I really don't think Taco is going to become much. Um, and whatever he does become, I don't know if he's going to be worth the investment. Um, I don't know. I would be fine if the Cavaliers were to go after a guy like Freddie Gillespie. He is somebody that I do really like. Um Again, as you said, just kind of an undersized but super high energy, you know, strong finisher around the rim. Just kind of mucks it up down there. Just, you know, is kind of just a bowling ball bowl, you know, kind of just can switch a little bit. Not great at it, but somebody who I think I would be okay with them doing. But again, you're looking at just bringing in more of these guys who are playing only the four or the five Um you know, it's a guy who I guess could fit in your big lineups when you want to put Laurie at the three, but I still would rather go after guys on the wing or shooters that could potentially work out in those two way spots. And we'll see what they end up doing, but um, well, there are two spots. I think one, one spot for a big one for a guard, but that's well put uh, Dan. What do you think? See, I just think they have enough bigs at this point. I don't know if they need to invest in another big right now. Well, they're not investing. It's a little, little six figure payment. You know, they'll get 45 to 90 days with the team. They'll get some practice experience. And if something happens, they also have them on the charge just right there. We'll see. Dan? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I get I, I mean, it's fair what Justin said. I, I get it with Taco. Not a, a lot of people are really huge fans of a, a non-shooter or whatever. Uh, with the Cavs roster construction, I, I get it. I, I was just saying, I, I like, I get the, the whole lure with Ed Davis, um, but you have Rubio, like to me, I just, it may be just my opinion, but I would think that players, it's going to resonate more in terms of a leadership element from guys that are actually playing and on the floor and are like on floor contributors. And I'm, I'm not this, again, I'm not disrespecting Ed Davis in any way here, but has the guy ever really been a major contributor in his career? Like, what has he ever made? Yes, he ever made a shot outside of in the league. Has he ever made a shot outside of eight feet? Yeah, when he probably when he was in Memphis or uh, LA. It just seems like it's been so far removed since he's actually been a contributor. That's just my opinion. That's been a couple years. Really know exactly what like the plan is here. Like enough with the bigs. Like I got it with Taco because I, I understand that he's not gonna you're not gonna be pushing pace with Taco, 
but he does have an 8-4 wingspan. So at least, and he is actually has some touch. So I got it there. But this just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I'm not really a huge fan of it. Um, I guess here's but, my thing is just but it is one what provides it is. at least off the court value and the other doesn't. I mean, not to say that Taco doesn't provide any off the court value. I would have way rather than clearly a... get Reggie Perry, for example. Like that would that would have been I would have gotten that more. He's twenty one, not even, like what is he twenty one and a half ish. That I would, in the books, yeah. Like that I would have gotten, but this I I I really don't. But it is what it is. Uh, not too much to read into. Oh well, if he may if you guys like him, it's like a an off the court Javale thing. Uh, okay, whatever. Um, but Mitch Ballack, uh, I. Still be fine with him getting two way. So, just my opinion. Get 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 a wing shooter. Get somebody in here. Anybody know what what's Jalen Hort's deal? Is he is he he resigned with there? the Thunder today? He just okay. signed a camp deal with the Thunder, and I'm, he's probably going to get waived. He's probably going to be with their G League team. Okay, that, that would have okay. been my my other one. I, I just guy Justin James, um, Mitch Ballack. These types I of, guys, are the guys that should be looking at. Totally dislike the Justin James move like that. I, no. I kind of that one I get. Yeah, he's he's springy He can he's springy. Any chance that uh, James? Obviously, I don't know what what they're gonna do. I think that as of right now, there's no guarantee for either Lamar Stevens or. Actually, no, sorry, there's no guarantee for Dean Wade still yet this year. Denzel Valentine is a very partial guarantee, so he could potentially be expendable. Any chance that James could unseat anyone in the, that's currently ahead and maybe still get a roster spot while someone else who they picked up could get Wade? Or is this kind of just a, let's see what he's got in the preseason finale and go from there. Maybe he gets a two-way, maybe he just gets signed by Canton. I think he's a case where I don't think that you're signing somebody at this point to try to fight for a roster spot, especially when your roster is pretty much set, especially after signing Ed Davis. I think he is purely a, this guy's probably going to be with the Cleveland charge, but maybe he can earn a two-way with us. Um, He did sign a two-way with, I believe the Utah jazz for like a day and a half before he got waived there. Um, So I, I like him. He's a solid guy. I mean, we know he can score a little bit. Um, any sort of flyer you want to take on the wing right now with this team is fine by me. So we'll see what they end up doing. And by the way, before we go to Dan, so is it, is it, it's not Canton Cavaliers, it's Cleveland charge now. (laughs) Is that confirmed? (laughs) I kind of like the former actually. Now you say it. Oh, I can't, but is it, is it actually Cleveland charge? It yeah, is Cleveland Cleveland, charge, yeah, and they okay. So I I was not aware. I, I didn't know. I mean, I was. I didn't know if that was for now or next year. All right. So part part. Oh me, no, sorry. I didn't, I didn't know if that was. I thought that was sarcasm. I apologize. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I actually wasn't. It is. It is Cleveland Charge. Yeah. I know. All right. Shout it's out to the like Cleveland a... Charge. And to anyone here that said can, if you're not SUNY Canton students, then I'm sorry for even having confused you. But getting back to it, I'm probably doing a couple basketball games are involved in. So I'm gonna get. I'm probably gonna call them Cleveland now. But. <laughs> you can i like it that's, that's a solid shout out there shout out suny canton I, I don't even know what their mascot is i'm, I'm behind <laughs> but you know um so we've talked about some of these guys let's talk about a guy named evan his last name is mobley 
and he was drafted third overall by the Cavs. He has plus 800 to win rookie of the year, although ESPN opted to leave him and fellow rookie Kevin Pangos out of the graphic for guys with best percentage chances. Although I don't know how you grade a percentage. Real soccer there with Pangos. No, uh, is it though? Yeah, no. For rookies named Kevin in Cleveland, uh, I think he's probably the second best one in the last three years. Um, but in real, realistically speaking, I think that Mobley won't win the award, but I think he'll be all rookie first team. I think by the end of the season, he'll be playing 27, 28 minutes, maybe 30 a night on average. I think that's going to start off where he's going to be at about 20 to 25. And I know a couple of minutes difference doesn't sound like much, but given that it's his first year, I think every slight jump will be good for him. Guys, he's had some great moments in preseason. He's building off what we knew we were going to get from him in summer league. And it seems that we're going to have that young starting lineup for opening day. Yeah, Evan Mobley's been really, really fun. I mean, we kind of knew it coming into summer league, but it's nice to see it translate um, as well as it has into the uh, increased level of competition from, you know, summer league to training camp. Just an unreal defender as far as somebody who – is as tall and as long as he is and also moves as fluidly as he does and is under is, is has as good of control of his body as he does. Um, you know, we've seen already just how good he is at not only protecting the rim, but just defending pull up mid rangers, you know, threes, any sort of jump shot even is a difficult shot to take with him on the floor. Um, and it has been really, really fun with him on the floor, I think with Jared Allen and even Evan or not Evan Mobley, but uh, Laurie Markkinen. Um, like I think in those three big lineups, I think Evan has looked like really, really, really comfortable. Uh, I think just the athleticism there between him and Jarrett and the ability to kind of just swallow up whoever is, you know, trying to kind of go into the painted area, uh, just really allows him to thrive on that end. Um, you know, combining him with those other two and it has looked a little bit rough at times on the offensive end. Uh, with you know that kind of pairing with Evan involved um, but I think they could they kind of found something maybe with the shot creation of Larry Markkinen um, the ability to put the ball on the floor and even if he's not getting his own shot but just kind of getting things moving with Evan Mobley and then another play finisher with Jared Allen um, one thing that kind of stuck out to me was how poorly those lineups worked when Kevin Love was on the floor instead of Larry Markkinen I think just the the lack of mobility of Kevin Love at this point um, that style of play is just not really built best for him. Uh, you know, when he's able to be in pick and pop situations with one of the guards and just kind of camp out on the three point line. Um, that's when he's best and uh, in a lineup with, you know, maybe two or th- two other bigs. Um, he's just not mobile enough for them to take advantage of that length and that size, but overall kind of going back to Evan Mobley, it's been incredibly impressive. And I do still think, I, I think that Cade Cunningham will win the award. I think he's the best rookie. I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Green gets it because Jalen Green is a bucket getter and NBA media likes bucket getters. So they do. Except for Donovan. We'll see what Mitchell. happens. Yes. Shout out to Donovan Mitchell. Shout out to Dan, what about you? Evan Mobley. Yeah, he's not going to be a rookie of the year guy. Um, I, I just I don't see it. Uh, but. Yeah, I'm with Justin on, on Cade. I just think the ball's going to be in his hands. Well, if the Pistons realize that he's a one, which I, I think they do, 
um, I think he'll get it kind of going away. And and they have some other guys, I think, in the fold that I, I still think that the Pistons to me are like a dark horse, like playing team. I, I know that they, they're a ways away. Um, oh, Linux. They, 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 All-star they, campaign coming. All-star campaign they, if he shaves his goatee. That only the, goatee. Ugh. The Pistons are, are a team that scares me going forward. Uh, we'll, we'll move past that. But yeah, as Justin said, um, Mobley's been really impressive. I just, I just think his body control and his size is just, it's something that even in today's league, uh, with bigs, how they are now, uh, kind of more perimeter laden, uh, it's still very impressive. I, I think we'll, yeah. And also as Justin touched on his ability, uh, with like ease on closeouts has been really jumped out, like popped, um, showed it some at USC, but. Um, even like an off-ball closeout guy, which is not an easy thing for bigs. I understand that he's thinner, um, but that concept for bigs usually takes a long time for them to really have an impact in using their length. Um, and he just it's just uncanny what he's able to do in that regard. Um, and, and I don't discount it in today's league. Um, and a lot of fans, again, don't realize that in – okay, maybe t- – 15 years ago would be different, but just his team sense defensively is just, it's incredible for a player his age. Um, and guys are not just going to be like Andre Drummonding him to the basket. Like that's, he's not just going to be like pounded on in the post, people getting early seals. Like, and his length bothers people enough to be able to front those passes anyway. So I'm not really concerned about it as much as some other people are. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think he's he's been as advertised defensively. And I just hope offensively that the Cavs do kind of give him playmaking opportunities in the open floor. Um, we've seen some of it, but just his the way he's able to slither through defenses somehow, um, I, I'd really like to see them allow him to really push when he has like secondary transition mismatches. That to me, especially in lineups with Markin, is really key. Um, I, I have, it remains to be seen if they'll actually like give him the keys in those situations. But I just hope that guys in Garland, um, guys like that, can. Uh, I, I hope that they allow Mobley to play make more, just to allow like movement shooters to to thrive. Uh, I, I think just his passing is is even been better than I thought initially. Um, so that that's really jumped out. Uh, just he's it's it's not going to be Jalen Green. It's not going to be Cade. Uh, but nobody, I think, is going to be displeased with Mobley three years down the line. Yeah, no, no doubt. I'm kind of just going off of that too. Go ahead. Jim. I was going to say sorry, Zach, but I was going to say it is kind of encouraging that Mobley has been bringing the ball up the floor as much as he has. Um, you know, and like you said, Dan, we'll kind of see how many actual chances he gets to push the ball in transition. But the fact that, you know, both he is allowed to and he seems very comfortable with bringing the ball up the floor, um, you know, after rebounds, um, you know, being given the ball in the perimeter on the elbows and being allowed to work uh, does seem like the Cavaliers are planning and seeming at least willing to put him in those positions. No doubt. Yeah, I think he's going to have a lot of good opportunities to succeed. And I also think that again they took him third overall for a reason i see him as the clear number three 
option in the starting lineup. Maybe not on day one, but I think that by the middle of the season, it's going to be Sexton 1, Garland 1B, and then you'll have Mobley next is the third best option. Then a Coral before Allen, you just you throw him the ball, he'll get putbacks. He'll, he'll figure out ways to contribute. And then I think that the more comfortably Mobley gets, the better off he'll be, the better off we'll be. And I think that if he can get comfortable enough to play as well as there's a four and a five, I think that we've got ourselves a hell of a baller, man. Fellas, I should say. I, I think that that is kind of overblown, just given how like the four or five thing with how often he played with his brother, like with yeah. that were kind of interchangeable four or fives. And I get Justin has touched on this before. I get that the NBA, like high, low stuff is not necessarily utilized like it used to be, but I think they can, the chemistry can be seen at work. They've ran high, low with, you know, marketing and mobile. Yeah, like, and the preseason, I was just about to say it, it has worked some. So, I'm not as concerned about that as some other people are. Like the Cavs, if they actually do utilize movement shooters, like again, my my fingers are crossed for like a thousandth time that Windler can stay healthy. But they they can make this work. I I just hope that they actually are legitimately invested in pushing the pace because there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be turnovers, but again, to me, turnovers are such a subjective stat. Like it's not if you're pushing the pace and actively trying to get easier baskets, it's going to lead to free throws. And yeah, there'll be turnovers, but it's easier to get transition three opportunities. Like I think Mobley at the four can, can spring that enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited guys uh, to watch Mobley, but I want to, before we wrap up, you know, we've talked about the Cavs, but this is a big thing with the NBA and we don't need to get political with it, but do either of you have any thoughts on what's happening with Kyrie and his Instagram live that ended about 30 minutes ago where he said he's not against taking the vaccine, but he's just trying to stand for people to know, to let them know they have a choice. They don't need it. And any thoughts, it just seems like this ain't the same Kyrie who we had four years ago. And we know that, you know, he's become a little more religious. He's, he's expressed a lot of beliefs. He's been in, he's been out, but this is just, this seems like a little much. I think he's a little off the deep end. And while he sounds intelligent in what he's saying, I think that he's pretty much done as a superstar in this league in New York. I won't say that he's done. Um, we're going to have to see what happens. But I will say that it seems like, I mean, one, either Kyrie really is just a maniac and changes his like opinions on everything entirely every second day because we've been literally we've, we've literally had different reports come out pretty much every day at this point of well this is what he's thinking now this is what he's thinking well no that's not what he's thinking this is what he's thinking so it's either the fact that he is really just changing his mind that often or that he really is just doing a poor job of which it's understandable that he's doing a poor job because one he doesn't really communicate that much outside of occasional ig lives and he does have some controversial views. Um, he's just not doing a good job of managing what is being said about him and clarifying his stance. And I still don't think even after these IG lives that he is clarifying his stance. It seems to me like Kyrie just cares more about being different than 
actually taking any sort of stance because it, at this point, I mean, whatever the norm has been, Kyrie has been on the opposite side, whether that's been right or wrong. Um, I do have my opinions on this whole situation. I won't get into them here, but it really does just seem like Kyrie cares more about being a contrarian than anything else. Yeah, that's very well put. I think he's, even though, you know, look, and good for him in, in a lot of areas, this is not one of them. I think that he, he feels like he found himself spiritually and it kind of changed him as a person. But yeah, that's really well put. I just think he wants to be Kyrie. He doesn't want to be on team A or team B. He wants to kind of be on team C in this case. Dan, any thoughts on the situation here? Yeah, it's just, it, to Justin's point, it's just like Brooklyn, like hipster vibes from Kyrie, I guess is. <laughs> Is I mean, not that hipsters are anti-vax, but, well, I guess he's not anti-vax, but it's just, yeah, there's just a lot of convoluted stuff coming out of Kyrie or his camp. I don't really know. I It's just, at this point, Kyrie, again, to me, probably the most entertaining player I've I've seen live in, in, in the times I've been watching the NBA. Outside um, of Andre Drummond, of course. Right, right. That's true. 1A, 1B. Yeah, maybe Mozgov one seat. Um, but it's just the off-floor stuff with Kyrie. I, I just – I don't really want to get into it because um, I, I have some – yeah, I, I'm not the biggest Kyrie fan off the floor. I just think – admittedly, I just think everything he says is BS, and I don't actually think he believes what he says. I, I just don't in many respects. I just think he – it's like – it's almost it's weird. It's almost like Kyrie's like like has like a blog on the side or something we don't know about because he's just trying to get like in Google Analytics searched at this point. I, I just don't really get like there what's I, I just I guess at this point just goddamn get vaccinated, man. Like I, I just mm-hmm. really don't it, it's just so irritating. Like if you're I, not I, against it, I just don't understand it. Yeah, by you're I, promoting the science and promoting yeah, like, the, like the vaccine isn't a bad thing, but also liking posts saying that this is all a giant plot and that whoever is planting chips in you. I don't. Like I said, I, don't, I just don't even don't know that. if he believes what he puts out there about himself. I think Kyrie tries to sound smarter also than he actually. Jalen Brown starting. said that. That's why they didn't. That's why. I don't he, get that's why he didn't like him in Boston. Yes, they're still kind of tight. They're. They're, they're okay to the point they can hug when they see each other at games, not this year, but Jalen Brown, I know, didn't like him because he's this legitimate smart, not this faux intelligent guy. And I know. Oh, he, no, no, he thing. is. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And one more There's thing. The difference between being smart and just disagreeing with what everyone else says, no matter the situation. And let me just say this. this I, don't, is- I just don't get why this has to, it, it's becoming political. It, it's just. I don't think people are necessarily doing the wrong thing when they'd rather be vaccinated against something that could be terminally ill. That's that's just what I think. So I don't yeah. know. And let me just say, he's not that's the only not, one. Not even touching on the basketball thing. That's just my opinion. But like, go he, ahead. He's not the only one, obviously. Porter's not. Beal's not. Wiggins did get it. It's only a big thing because he's in New York. Simmons isn't vaxxed, right, too? Who? Like, I think I saw that. Simmons. Ben Simmons. Yeah, so not? Did, oh, jeez think that was like a hold up with like their protocols oh yeah he had to but let me just say this last last thought here and then we'll we'll wrap up obviously we're not here to talk about whether or not people should get it or not we're here to talk about yeah i didn't want to go on a soapbox no 
But we're talking about these NBA players and the reasons for, and it's just, it, it comes down to this, right? Do, do you value your job enough in this case? And look, it's been, we're yeah. not, not getting political. Do you value the camaraderie with your teammates? Do you want to do, continue to do what you did? You know, and you'd be doing it. You'd be in with your team. Your team all did this. They all made the decision to do it. And now right. you're just out here kind of saying, hey, you know, I, I was going to be on your team, but it seems like this other team just mysteriously recruited me to join them. And now I'm going to be with them. Sorry. I mean, the whole thing is, I mean, we didn't even know before last season what was up with him. Kyrie was saying all these wacky things with KD on IG Live, and now it's this. Let me just, just finish with this. I think that in doing this, in not having Kyrie available, and not, I don't even know when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back. It's if he ends up completely doing an about face, I don't know what we're going to think, saying, hey, finally, where was this? Or we're going to be saying, did he have actually no platform that he believed in stupidly or not? because he just gave up and relented and actually gave in and now he can play. I mean, it, I think it greatly diminishes the Nets' chances. I think it gives us a better like. Yeah. And they, look, they still have two superstars. It's not going to last, though. Durant's locked in. Harden's not locked in. If Kyrie's not going to be coming back, who knows what happens. And let's just say this. I think it greatly increases the likelihood of a Bucks lakers finals. But this being across the Cavs, guys, appreciate the Kyrie uh, conversation. Uh, you mean a Cavs-Lakers finals? Yes, uh, a yeah. former Cavs. Uh, there will be a, at least one former Cav in the finals, or two, or three, or four, or five, or six. Um, bold take for the Cavs regular season opener versus Memphis, since I don't know if we'll all be together before then. First, uh, Justin, then Dan, and then we say goodnight. Ricky Rubio gets a double double off the bench 10 points, 10 assists, at least. Okay. Dan? Um,. I'm going to say Sexton hit six threes, and uh, I'll say a Coral outscores John Moran. I'm oh. not having any conviction of either. Hey, he'll no. probably guard him. He'll probably be guarding him based on uh, – Yeah, that's, why, that's the reason. You know, with Desmond Bain probably, I think, starting over Kyle Anderson – we're not going to be destroyed with size. I'll say this is my bull take. I think Mobley has more points, more rebounds, and more blocks than Jaron Jackson Jr. I hope game. that we don't turn Mobley into Jaron Jackson. That's no, 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 no. But I think I think that right now, the comparison for the front court duo yeah. is him and whatever center he plays with. Yeah, he's going to have more of all three. But guys, this is a pleasure. It was fun to bash our old pal, who's obviously not exactly in the limelight for good reasons right now, and good to talk about the Cavs. And I can't wait. Until even at this time next week, we'll have real content about the season. No more speculating on end of bench guys. We're going to be able to really hit the deep stuff and do some real analysis based on footage we have. So appreciate you both stopping in. Bring back Andy. <laughs> hey, free bears. Bring back Matt Ryan. He just got waved by the Nuggets. That's their oh, loss. That, I mean, the Falcons are one and four. The Nuggets, I don't know what their preseason record is, but one of them has. Uh, they just Matt. lost to the Thunder tonight, so things were rough over there. Well, They're Josh, missing Matt Ryan. Well, they had Josh Giddy up, Giddy. So I mean, what do you expect? He's been actually sick. He's, you know, why? It's because he's from Delavadova's country. Uh, Delavadova was oh. born there first, and then Giddy was born. I don't there know after, where the. So. Uh, I don't know what province he's from, but. Regardless, it is good to see a fellow Australian not being a, like like our old pals playing in Melbourne this year. But uh, for Dan Galinsky and Justin Matcham, I am Zach Weiss. 
This has been Across the Cavs, and we will see you once the season kicks off or perhaps a surprise pod later this week. Who knows? You have to listen to the end of this and stay tuned on Twitter at Across Cavs to find out. Until next time, adios.